Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion Team. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's another beautiful day for baseball in Los Angeles. And baseball podcast. Josh Schaefer and Blake Harris cover everything Dodgers right here on Inside the Ravine. How's it going, everyone? And welcome to a brand new episode of Inside the Ravine. Joining me, as always, my co-host, Josh Schaefer. Josh, opening day is officially seven days away now. The countdown is officially, officially on where uh, you're in the single digits. But once you get to like the week mark, that's when it really gets real. So uh, how are we doing over there? Have you been counting down the days to opening day like I have? Yeah, I mean, we've got now that the World Baseball Classic has come to an end, um, it's kind of that point where it's like, all right, you know what? The U.S. lost in the gold medal game. So let's wrap this up and let's get to opening day already. I was fine with spring training these these first couple of weeks. And now that the World Baseball Classic is over, um, I'm ready for everything to be over and I'm ready for opening day. Yeah, spring training is always great those first few weeks where you haven't had baseball in like four months. It's great seeing everyone. You get to see all the young prospects, and then it slowly starts to drag on. You get to the middle-ish part of March, and you're really just you're in it until the end. And obviously, like you said, with the World Baseball Classic going on, you go from all those fantastic, incredible games, and those are done, and you have to put on the Dodgers at 6.30 p.m., watching them face the Mariners in a game that at this point, again, just means absolutely nothing. And it's bad. I, I put it on last night when, you know, when we were watching TV, going back and forth between commercials, and I was just so bored. Like, I wanted to see Ryan Pepio pitch. I wanted to see how he looked. I couldn't tell you who was in the starting lineup for the Dodgers. I couldn't tell you who came in after Pepio. It was just like, man, to the people out there that are still watching these games, to uh, Tim Neverett and Rick Monday, who have been calling every game for the last month, I can't imagine like 
at what point they're at right now in this whole process, knowing they're at the finish line. But yeah, spring training, luckily only a couple games left to go. But Josh, actually that you just brought up the World Baseball Classic, this wasn't kind of in the show rundown or doc or anything like that. But I wanted to quickly just talk about that since I don't think we've really mentioned it at any point, you know, over the last couple of episodes we've done. What are your thoughts and takeaways from this WBC? Because personally, I don't remember the last one. I don't remember ever watching it. I watched pretty much every game I could that wasn't, you know, taking place at 3 or 4 a.m. How many games did you watch, and were you enjoying it as much as uh, it seems the entire country was? Yeah, you know, I I think I pretty much only watched the USA games. Um, I... I definitely followed what was going on in a lot of the other games. I, I watched uh, a couple of early, not the whole thing, but I watched a few um, good portions of some of the Canadian games. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoy it. I, I love it. I wish I could have got more into it um, to be completely honest with you. But yeah, I mean, I, I know that some people have been upset with it and saying that it doesn't matter and that guys are going to get hurt. And it's like, they weren't at the world baseball classic. They'd be at spring training playing games that mean nothing like I just some people don't like it but look I feel like we have been saying maybe not us specifically but let's say as a baseball collective we've been asking for something like this for a long time because it's not an Olympic sport really and people have been saying that it should be and there should be more international competitions you have the world baseball classic and it was great and so who cares? Guys guys can get hurt whenever. Whenever. Am I looking back, am I glad maybe Kershaw didn't pitch in it? Sure, if a guy who has had some issues is not playing in it, I'm a little more ha- I'm, I'm a little happier, I'm a little more content even though they're not playing. Like, okay, all right, whatever. But I would much rather as somebody who watches the Dodgers, I would much rather see Mookie Betts taking it at bats that matter, at bats against good legitimate players than some single a guy who spent the last year up and down a little bit and right in spring training like no offense to these guys but it's like i would much rather see mookie Betts take at bats and and big swings that matter and like if you want if you're afraid he's going to get hurt he could get hurt in spring training he could get hurt walking down the street like it doesn't matter so i i just enjoyed the games i know a lot of other people who enjoyed the games and, uh, you know, I had a great time and I, I didn't even realize until the other day that it's like six years between world baseball classics. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that is incredibly disappointing in six years. I, my life could be completely different. And so could yours. Yeah. I just, yeah. I just want more international baseball. Yeah. I mean, again, the injury thing, I get people having a problem with that, but Gavin Lux, he got hurt in a spring training game today. I think Reese Hoskins right? on the Phillies, he like, hurt his knee pretty bad so i mean injuries can happen literally anywhere like you said bookie he can drop a bowling ball on his foot when he's bowling and break his foot and miss a couple of months so anything can happen i loved it i thought it was fantastic hopefully a lot of players that didn't participate watched what happened over the last few weeks and they're now going yeah next time it happens i want to participate i want to be in that because like you said I don't care about watching spring training games, watching Mookie, watching Will Smith, watching these guys have legitimate at-bats in, in, you know, 
every game was like a World Series Game 7, essentially. So I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. And obviously everyone else kind of was really rallying behind it. I mean, people were posting stuff on Twitter about how, like, Bryce Harper's insane home run against the Phillies in the NLCS got, like, you know, 4.5 million views on Twitter, whereas, like, the Japan-Mexico walk-off had, like, 10 million in about 12 hours. And the Shohei Otani-Mike Trout at bat, that thing, like, tripled the numbers. So people care. People love it. I thought it was fantastic. Uh, don't be like Mad Dog and uh, say, what's the deal with uh, Shohei versus Mike Trout? Who cares? Because yeah, you uh, want to talk, we both, we both <laughs> just said at-bats that matter. The whole thing ended with Mike Trout against Shohei Otani, the two best players in the game. Like, what do you, yeah. what do you mean these at-bats? Like, these are at-bats that matter when you've got two guys going up against that. And it makes me just think, like, man, if those two guys were on the same team, how good that team would be. Mm-hmm. Eh. Very good. Mm. Yeah, well, when Shohei's a Dodger, um, that could be fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it will be. Yeah, everyone was like, yeah, uh, this is going to be the only time we're going to get to see uh, Mike Trout at the plate against Shohei. And I was like, why? We're going to see it in 2024 in the Freeway Series. So <laughs> who knows there? But I will say, wa- watching these games on Team Japan, they have a couple of guys, Josh, where one, I, I don't know the names. I'm not even going to try because you can ask me to say Steve Harris, and I'm going to mess that up somehow. But they have a couple of these guys. One guy, I think, hit like 56 home runs last season, had a few clutch at bats. Whenever he comes over, he's going to be an absolute stud. But Josh, I don't know if you saw, I think it was the Japan-Mexico game. Their starting pitcher, who is 21 years old, throws like 102, had a 19 strikeout perfect game this past season. I don't think he's going to be posted, I think, until 2027. But apparently Andrew Friedman has already been scouting him. He's been going over to Japan to watch these games and meet with him. So, hey, in 2027, Josh, keep your eye on uh, this uh, starting pitcher that apparently everyone thinks is going to be, like, the greatest pitcher that comes out of Japan ever. We just got to wait a few years, I've decided that... Yeah, I've decided that my favorite part about the World Baseball Classic is whenever someone who's not on an MLB contract does something, then that fan base photoshops a photo of him in a headshot wearing their hat and jersey, and they're like, wouldn't yes. this be cool? And it just happens every single time. I think it's so yes. funny. Um, so, so yeah, yeah think- <laughs> let's see more of those guys in Dodger Blue. Yeah, I think I saw one of Shohei in like a Marlins uniform because it was like Shohei had the best game of his career like in Miami. And yeah, I'm like, no. Please. I don't think the Marlins are, are going to want to afford whatever his one-year contract would be, let alone his 500-plus million. So the World Baseball Classic was awesome, but it means baseball is officially coming up. So before we get into today's episode, again, make sure you guys follow us on social media. We're on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Just search Inside the Ravine. And you guys can listen to our podcast wherever you guys listen to your podcast. We are on the Odyssey app. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And again, you can also watch and listen on YouTube as well. You guys can find us all across the map. But Josh, today's episode and uh, per, you know perfect timing. Wish we would have done this yesterday or the day before because today the whole episode was going to be us talking about our opening day roster predictions. We were going to be giving our full twenty six man roster predictions. We're still going to be doing that, Josh, but it's actually going to be shrunken down to a uh, thirteen man roster predictions because the Dodgers, Dave Roberts, this morning came out and pretty much confirmed who the 13 hitters are going to be 
on the opening day roster. So as of right now, Josh, barring an injury taking place over the course of the next seven days, you're going to have Austin Barnes, Will Smith as your catchers. You're going to have Freddie Freeman, Max Muncy, Miguel Rojas, and Miguel Vargas. And your outfielders are going to be Mookie Betts, James Outman, David Peralta, Chris Taylor, Trace Thompson, and the designated hitter is going to be J.D. Martinez. So before we just kind of dive into this, Josh, there aren't really... I guess any major, major surprises. I think if you and I would have guessed who our 13 hitters were, were going to be, I think we probably would have had this exact 13. So it's not a total, total loss, but I guess just the biggest surprise, and I guess what we can talk about is the fact that one, James Outman officially made the opening day roster, and two, Michael Bush either has... Uh, Something up with Andrew Friedman because the disrespect continues. He will start the season in the minor leagues, but I think we both expected that to happen. But I guess the third as well is that Jason Hayward is officially, officially going to be on the opening day roster. Yeah, and you're right. I think that if you if we had done this show yesterday, I think this probably would have been, you know, the 13 hitters we would ex- expect to see. Um, you know, I, I think early in spring training, I remember mentioning this on the show, um, that I thought that Michael Bush was probably going to have a much better chance now that Gavin Lux had unfortunately, you know, suffered that that bad injury like three games into spring training, um, which is which is really disappointing. Um, and you know, Michael Bush doesn't get that crack. And a- after a couple weeks of spring training, I think that we both kind of would have probably had him missing out. Um, again, you know, he struggled early on, but then over his last like three games or something like that, he was on a tear before you know he was uh, you know sent to the backfields. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is the 13 that I would expect. Um, Jason Hayward had some good at bats and I think did a lot of things that they liked. And of course, James Outman. I mean, the last time we did a show, we talked about how James Outman would have to try to not make the roster at this point. Um, right. and now we actually see him getting there. Um, a couple of the guys that we mentioned last time, I think are players that, uh, you know, we, we brought up Johnny DeLuca who, who had, who had been a great surprise for the Dodgers at spring training and, uh, among a few other guys. And, you know, we had said that. Maybe these are guys that you see in a year. Maybe these are guys that maybe debut a little bit at the end of the season. I don't know if Johnny DeLuke is one of those guys. I think Michael Bush could make an appearance for the Dodgers this year. Um, you know, as unfortunate as it is, guys are going to get hurt. Guys are going to be streaky. Um, and, and I think other people will get some opportunities later in the season. I think a guy like Michael Bush is one of those. Um, but in terms of what we get, um, I don't think there were any questions with the catchers or the infielders. Um, I think really our only question was – really with the outfielders. And I still think that we got what we would have expected, especially with Outman and Hayward making the opening day lineup. Yeah. I mean, especially because weeks ago, I think Dave pretty much said Jason Hayward, we expect him to be in there. And again, James Outman, he's been the Dodgers best player so far this spring. So overall, I guess the, you can, you can make the case. Those are the right decisions because if it wasn't going to be one of them, it would have been either like Bradley Zimmer, who's actually been pretty decent for the Dodgers this spring. I was like looking up at his numbers and I think he's sitting like 270 something OPS of about 750. Every other outfielder, Josh, I mean, I don't know what the Dodgers plan on doing. Obviously, spring training numbers, as we talked about in our last episode, mean absolutely nothing. But with the exception of James Outman, every outfielder for the Dodgers has been horrible this spring. I think Jason Hayward is hitting like 220 with an OPS of like 720. And that's essentially the next best uh, outside of James Outman. David Peralta, he doesn't have that many at-bats because he was at the World Baseball Classic. 
He's been awful. I think he has maybe one hit the entire spring. Trace Thompson, I think, has maybe two hits the entire spring. Chris Taylor, you know, we talked about him in our last episode. He's been horrible the entire spring so far. So I, I guess at this point, maybe James Outman and Jason Hayward, although they were the last two guys to be named to the roster, they might be the guys that you have to rely on more so to begin the season if they're able to uh, continue what they've been doing in the spring into the regular season because there are two outfield spots that are going to be available on a day-to-day basis. Some weeks it's going to be three because they're going to slide Mookie over to second base, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of glad that Alman and Hayward were the two options, Josh, because if it wasn't them, I don't know what the hell the Dodgers would have been doing. Yeah, exactly, and and you know... <sighs> We, we we had said, I, I think that a lot of these at-bats, especially at spring training, don't they don't really matter. Um, but again, you know, you kind of get a little bit of an idea. And, and again, you know, you have, you have J.D. Martinez, too, who didn't have a phenomenal spring, um, but is somebody that if they needed to can play in the outfield. I don't think they want yeah. necessarily to put him in the outfield, um, especially with, you know, his age and, and, and the way that these last couple of years have gone from, I think that he's way more comfortable as a designated hitter, which is fine. But, but yeah, I mean, the outfielders haven't been great. Um, the best guy I think overall has been James Outman. Um, but again, you know, we talk about these guys um, for the Dodgers um, players, like obviously Mookie, but David Peralta and Chris Taylor specifically, these are guys that, are only a year removed from having one of their best career years ever. Um, and then, you know, obviously Jason Hayward can make an impact. Outman has been good. And Trace Thompson was great last year for the Dodgers. So it's a small sample size so far. Baseball can be a very streaky game. Um, and and obviously once opening day comes around, everything from spring training is kind of washed. So, um, yeah. you know, I'm hoping to see some of these guys do a little bit better and, you know, we've seen Mookie go through slumps too. And and I feel like even though the outfielders haven't been great, nobody's really talking about Mookie because you just expect him to come in and, and, and be Mookie bet. So um, we'll right. see what we get. But, yeah, I think the only what, the only place we could have had any questions was really in the outfield, and I think it, it's still kind of chalk. Yeah. So, again, it went, went according to plan for the most part. Those are the 13 we expected. Things are now going to get interesting, Josh, because we have to come up with our 13 pitchers, where that's only about maybe five or six that are actual certainties. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be predicting the 13 pitchers that crack the opening day roster. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, Josh, we are back. And again, this is going to be a fun one because the 13 hitters, that was a breeze. We already have that decided, but I think, like you said, it would have been chalk. We would have gotten those right anyway. Pitchers, on the other hand, uh, this is where things are going to get really interesting. I'm very interested to see where the Dodgers go. So as of right now, I pretty much jotted down here who I think are the absolute locks. 
I'm going to read some of them off. You can tell me if you agree, disagree with uh, the guys I have. So as of right now, I have nine locks, meaning there are four available spots in the entire pitching staff. So as of right now, the guys I have as locks are Clayton Kershaw, Julio Urias, Dustin May, Noah Syndergaard, Evan Phillips, Yancy Almonte, Alex Vesia, Bruce Dark Radderall, and Caleb Ferguson. So those are the nine that I'm pretty sure are going to be good to go. Um, I don't know, Josh, if, are there any names that I didn't mention that you think are are locks to uh, make, make the team as of right now? Those are the nine that I would consider locks. I think that there is one more guy who, for me, is a lock. Um, and this is more than just a prediction, but it's somebody that I genuinely think is a lock. And I think it's because he's going to be one of the Dodgers starting pitchers at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Um, and that's Ryan Pepio. Um, so yeah. I don't know if I would classify that as a lock, um, but you know, he's 25. We had him on the show. He feels comfortable in pretty much any situation the Dodgers are going to put him in. Um, and he's looked good. So I, I think that Pepio is probably going to be, that fifth guy in the starting rotation to start the year. But for the sake of this conversation, yeah, I'll say that he's not a lock. Yeah. I mean, you could say though, like that spot is a lock. So I mean, at this point it sounds like it's between Ryan Pepio and Michael Grove. I think even Dave Roberts today said like, it's a very, very close battle where personally, I mean, having watched the games, I would give the edge to Ryan Pepio just because I think he offers more upside than Michael Grove does. Michael Grove is a great guy if you need someone to give you four innings and allow three runs or less. But my, uh, Ryan Pepio, he has improved so much this spring, and I, I do think he's probably got the upper hand slightly. So, yeah, we'll, we'll give that fifth rotation spot to Ryan Pepio. So that does make it 10 spots. But that still leaves three spots in the bullpen, Josh. And this is where, again, I think things get really complicated for the Dodgers. Now, it sounds like Jimmy Nelson who we probably would have thought would have gotten one of these spots. Sounds like he's opening up the season on the injured list. Now, whether or not he has an actual injury or whether that's a, uh, hey, you've really sucked so far, Jimmy. Do you mind doing the team a solid and starting the year on the aisle while you try to get better? Because I don't know what injury he could possibly have because he's been pitching in games. So he's going to start the season on the injured list. And it looks like Daniel Hudson is also going to begin the season on the injured list. So those are two guys that we're going to be seeing in the bullpen, I'm sure, later on. Especially Daniel Hudson, maybe a month from now. So they're out of the equation. So outside of them, Josh, I guess these are the guys that I jotted down that are essentially going to be fighting for those final three spots. We have Andre Jackson, Shelby Miller, Phil Bickford, Justin Brule, and Victor Gonzalez. So at this point, Josh, uh, pick th- pick three. You might want to close your eyes, or you might want to uh, put the names in like a hat and just reach into the hat and pick yeah. it out because just uh, draw from a hat. Yeah, yeah. Not not I ideal. Mean, not ideal. For me, I think I I think you have a few decent options in here. I think Phil Bickford is in the conversation. Um, and I think, I don't think he's a lock. If I'm going to make a projection, I think Phil Bickford is on that opening day roster in the Dodgers bullpen. Um, I think that Shelby Miller is also in the mix there, um, of somebody who's probably going to be there. The questions that I have are one, what's up with 
with Jimmy Nelson. And if he is going to be in fact on the, uh, on, on the IR to start the year, then I think that that makes things a little bit easier on a projection. But um, I'm going to go ahead and say that Bickford and Miller are in there. Um, and then after that, I think Andre Jackson's in the conversation. Um, so I think it kind of depends. I, I, I don't know if, for me, I don't know if Victor Gonzalez is right there yet, um, but I think that Andre Jackson might be there too. Yeah, I mean, looking at these five names, I think Shelby Miller, just because I, I don't think he has any options remaining so i think it's like with jimmy nelson where you kind of got to either start them on the il or put them on so if i were to guess i think shelby miller i think he'll make it just because i think the dodgers really again like what they see out of him he's been bad so far this spring but i guess the only silver lining is that whenever guys aren't getting hits off of him he's striking them out so that's a slight positive to take and i do like the andre jackson pick josh i i like the andre jackson pick because I don't know why he's not in more of the discussion to be that fifth starter because he has experience. He's been great when he's pitched in the big leagues, and he's been fantastic this spring. I I think I mean, I'm going to click on his his name right now because I have the roster up. I think he has a perfect ERA so far this spring, at least the last time I checked. Oh, he doesn't anymore, but in four games this spring, Josh, seven and two-thirds innings, he has a 117 ERA, has 10 strikeouts. So he's been one of the top Dodger pitchers this spring. So I'm not sure why the Dodgers aren't really considering him for that fifth and final spot. Maybe because they'd rather have him in the bullpen as kind of like maybe like a Ross Stripling or Mitch White kind of role where you could bring him out of the bullpen for two or three innings, maybe to follow like a Ryan Pepio or a Michael Grove. But I think Andre Jackson, I think he's done enough this spring so far to earn a spot in that bullpen or as that number five starter. Yeah. You know, and he's had a, we, we, we have a very small sample size for Andre Jackson too. And some of that's in four spring training games. Like you said, almost eight innings last year, only four regular season games, 9.2 innings, nine strikeouts and ERA at one, eight, six. So um, similar numbers to his current spring training. And then just overall, he's only played in seven games and logged 21 innings. So, and 19 strikeouts and an ERA, uh, at 2.11. So it's a small sample size, but that sample size has indicated good things. Um, so I, I think I would love to see him get an opportunity because, correct me if I'm wrong, but he has not appeared on opening day roster yet unless he did last year and I'm misremembering. I mean, he only played in four games last year. Unless I'm misremembering him being on the opening day roster last year, he hasn't been on one. Yeah. So I would love to see him get a crack at, the, at least the beginning of the season. No, I don't necessarily think that he's going to be there all year. Um, but I, I think that sample size of only seven career games plus spring training this year, right now, I mean, yeah. I think that's good enough for me to give him a shot, especially if you have a guy like Jimmy Nelson starting on the IL. Yeah. So, I mean, pretty much kind of looking at this, it's not as complicated as it was to begin. Shelby Miller, I think he's in. Andre Jackson, I hope he's in. And then, yeah, that leaves Phil Bickford, Justin Brule, Victor Gonzalez. I think you said you might give the slight edge to Phil Bickford. Uh, Brule, Gonzalez, if the Dodgers win another lefty, but I don't think they're going to want to have three lefties in the pen. I think they're fine with Vessia and Ferguson. So I'll go Bickford. So I'll go with my final three spots, Josh. I'll go with Andre Jackson, Shelby Miller, and Phil Bickford. I think that's my three, too. Yeah, so... Overall, Dodgers have 
some decisions to make. I guess the good thing is things are going to get a lot easier as the season progresses because they have a lot of guys that are going to be coming back off the injured list. Obviously, once you get Daniel Hudson back, you're going to take one of those spots away. If Jimmy Nelson is able to come back uh, healthy because uh, he's currently hurt, uh, we'll see if he's able to earn a spot. Then obviously you got guys like Alex, Alex Reyes. He might be coming in a month or two. So I think the bullpen will get a little easier as time goes on. But to start the season, yeah, I think there are some question marks in that Dodger bullpen. But Josh, so there's our prediction for the 26-man roster. But before we go, uh, we are going to be taking a crack at guessing the opening day lineup a week from tonight. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I think to keep in mind here, uh, we don't know who's going to be the, the opening day starter for Arizona, but I think we have a pretty good guess of who it might be. Yeah, I was going to say uh, Zach Allen, barring, you know, Madison Bumgarner threatening the Arizona Diamondbacks organization and forcing himself to be the starting pitcher. But so it looks like it's going to be Gallon. We're going to guess a righty. So Josh, do you want to uh, go first with who you think is going to be in that lineup one through nine? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're going up against a tough pitcher. Somebody has been, I mean, I, people have started to realize who Zach Gallon is, of course he played for a great organization in the Cape Cod baseball league, but, um, and, what? and oh boy, was he... matters. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was a Chatham a, he had, they all anglers in his tw- he had Chatham Anglers in his Twitter bio. He still might. like He still has it there. And his photos were all from Jack when, he, when he's pitching in Major League Baseball. And he was like active on social media. He just kept all these old photos. He also looks like Kyle Mooney from Saturday Night Live. Um, so there's that. He does still have at Chatham Anglers in his Twitter bio. <laughs> and, and it's not like he's been off the grid for a while. It's not like, oh, he just hasn't updated his Twitter in two years. He was tweeting stuff as recently as two days ago. So this man is active on Twitter, is going to be an all-star caliber pitcher and a scion candidate this year, but he still has at Chatham Anglers in his bio. I don't even have at Chatham Anglers in my Twitter bio. <laughs> so Zach Gown is more committed legend. to the team than you are. Man, oh man. I love that guy. I love that guy. Um, anyway, so you got a right-handed pitcher in, in, in Zach Gallon, And for me, um, my my top four in the lineup is is pretty easy. Um, in order, I'm going Mookie Betts in right, Freddie Freeman at first, Will Smith catcher, and Max Muncy at third. Um, I think that you could potentially swap those two guys, Muncy and Will Smith, and maybe have Smith back cleanup. Um, and... But right, I, I've liked the way that Muncy, a couple times Muncy batting fifth um, in the past. Obviously, he spent a lot of time batting fourth. But I think J.D. Martinez is a really good five hitter, and I've got him starting at DH. Um, after that, I think this is where things get a little bit interesting toward the bottom of the lineup. But to break up a string of a bunch of right-handers, I'd put in a, a lefty and David Peralta starting in left. Um, and then for my bottom three in the lineup, I've got three straight righties. I'll go Miguel Vargas at second base, Trace Thompson in center field, and Miguel Rojas at short. And uh, and that's my one through nine. Um, and starting pitcher, I will save until you give yours, your starting lineup. All right. That. So pretty much I think one th- – yeah, it looks like one through five. We have the exact same. I'm going to go Mookie, Freddie, Will Smith, Max Muncy hitting cleanup, and I'll go J.D. Martinez hitting fifth. 
this is where things start to uh, get a little different. I have uh, Miguel Vargas. I got him at second base. I have him hitting sixth. I have James Outman, the starting center fielder. Going to have him hitting seventh. David Peralta, I'm going to have him in left field hitting eighth. And then I will wrap things up with Miguel Rojas as your number nine hitter. So I think pretty much the only difference was is who our center fielder is. I had James Edwin, you had Trace Thompson. Yeah. And then I think we just switched a few guys in the lineup for the most part. But overall, just one one difference in regards to our starting nine. Yeah, um, and that's pretty much it for me. Um, you know, I, I just wanted to get another uh, right-handed bat in there, I felt. Um, but I didn't want a stretch of, of right-handed bats. Um, but I... The Dodgers obviously do have a lot of righties uh, that are probably going to be in the starting lineup anyway. Um, but I kind of wanted to get one more righty in there and somebody who has a little bit more experience um, in yeah. in Major League Baseball. So that's why I throw Thompson in. But yeah, I mean, I think I think Outman absolutely deserves to to start um, more, um, and I think that he's going to get a lot of opportunities. Um, so that's what I'm looking forward to. I also just thought that Trace Thompson against right-handed pitchers last year. Um, he hit over 300 against righty yeah. pitchers, um, and was not very good against lefty pitchers at all. So against a righty, I'm going to, I'm going to roll with, with trace. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, you know, we've got eight, the same and, and just a different center fielder, which I think we're going to see you and I could make a lineup for every game. And I feel like the only position that's going to change each game is probably going to be center field and left field between our starting lineups really, I think would be the only difference. Right. Yeah. So uh, for the most part, we know how it's going to look. It just comes down to who's going to be in left field, who's going to be in center field. And then eventually, I'm sure, again, Dave's going to be putting in Chris Taylor at shortstop. Miguel, you know, Vargas is going to be moving from second, maybe to third. Maybe Mookie's at second base and there's three outfielders. But for the most part, I think what we see on opening day is what we're going to get, again, with the exception of left field and center field. But Josh, again, not not official yet. Apparently, there's like a rule where I guess teams can't, like, officially announce their starting pitcher until, I think, Friday for some odd reason, even though I think there's been teams that have already come out and, like, tweeted who it's going to be. So we don't officially know who it is yet, but if you were a betting man and you had to put put some money down on who's going to be starting next Thursday night, who are you rolling with? Seven days until opening day. I'll go with number seven, Julio Urias. Um, I think that that's... I think he's earned it. Um, I think that he was so good last year. Clayton Kershaw's the guy. He's the face of the franchise. Um, but um, I think I'm going to go with Julio. That's that's who I'd put money on. Yeah, I think Julio as well. I think he's the answer. The only you know competition would be Clayton Kershaw, and that's just if the Dodgers go to him and say, how badly do you want this start? Or if they go to Julio and say, hey, we kind of want to give this to Kershaw. Are you going to be okay with that? Because it, it it is more of like a sentimental kind of thing, but I think in years past, it hasn't necessarily been that as much for Kershaw. I don't think he really cares anymore. I mean, he had that like insane streak of nine, I think, straight opening day starts, but after missing a few the last couple of years, I don't think it's that big of a deal. So yeah, if I were to guess, it's going to be Julio Urias, but if they want to go with Clayton Kershaw, maybe because they think it might be his last one, I w- I'd have no problem given it to Clayton Kershaw as well, because he's also pretty deserving considering he had a pretty good season oh, yeah. last year. So it's not like you're yeah, giving, yeah, you know, abs- some old guy that's that's washed a chance. Like Kershaw could still get it done. It's just Julio's been kind of better the last couple of years. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing. I, I just think Julio's earned it. I, I mean, he, he we yeah. talked about this how many times last year? Could have won the Cy Young. Maybe should have won the Cy Young. I mean, he yeah. he's absolutely earned it, and that's nothing against Kershaw. It's just I, I think that's a testament to how good Julio has been the last two years. Um, that he is now in the con- – forget about deserving of getting the opening day starter role, but he's in the conversation against a guy yeah. like Clayton Kershaw who is one of the greatest to ever – play the game so um i i just think he deserves it um and that's you yeah. know kershaw gets it great he deserves it too but i just think it's a testament to how good julio's been and how vital he is to the team yeah so one week from today we're uh, gonna get dodger baseball for good opening nights not opening day which is the dumbest thing out there i can't imagine they're actually nah. gonna be playing at 7 p.m i don't like it it's called opening day josh opening day yeah not opening night. Opening day. Opening day. We can do a, a flyover when it's dark. Like, how's that going to happen? <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. I don't it's like gonna it. It's going to be lame. Lame. I don't like it one bit. Yeah. <laughs> Very lame. All right. So that wraps it up for today's episode. Our 26-man roster predictions, even though we only really had to predict, I think, three spots in total out of the 26. But, hey, it was still fun. Josh, our episode next we, week we before the season begins. Yeah, I mean, minutes. <laughs> Josh, we, we could turn a, a show into just talking about guys that played for Chatham into an hour long show. So I'm not even surprised that we, we were able that. to drag this into 35. Josh probably wants to do that. Actually, he's probably already got a list ready to go of uh, guys Good. that are, you know, have suited up at one point. He's gonna be like, yeah, this guy in 2014 suited up for one game, had one at bat, and then he was gone for the summer. But hey, he goes down to the Chatham A record books. So uh, stay tuned for next week's episode before the regular season begins. We're going to be having our bold prediction episode where Josh and I are each going to come up with our bold predictions, our hot takes, you know, for the upcoming season, whether it's, you know, something that's just you put in the microwave and it's warm or something, Josh, you heat up that oven, you turn the flames on. And this is a scorching hot take, so we're going to have a couple days to come up with those. And if you guys have any hot takes of your own, feel free to hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, or slide into one of our DMs. Let us know your hot takes, and then we can share it in next week's episode. Josh, any uh, final parting words before we head out for the weekend? Seven days. Seven days. Let's do it. Let's get through these last couple of days and just get us to opening night. And also, the logo that, that they put um, in foul ground, I want it to still say opening day, which obviously it will, but don't don't mess with that logo. No, don't do it at all. So you guys can find us on social media, on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Just search Inside the Ravine. You guys can listen to us on the Odyssey app and on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or whatever app you prefer to get your podcast on. That's just fine. We don't judge. For Josh Schaefer, this has been Blake Harris. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. We'll see you guys in our next episode and enjoy the rest of your week wherever you may be.